Okay, boys and girls, welcome to Pushing Rubber Podcast, episode 116. Uh, this is Adam Piggott coming to you on the mighty interwebs across the world. You can listen to me anywhere in the world. You could listen to this in Antarctica. Hell, if we sent people to the moon still, you could listen to this on your way to the moon. How about that, eh? The power that I wield. The power. It's all power. That's what it's all about. Power and fear. The powerful and the fearful. The powerful and the afraid. Uh, let's get right to it. Let's not fuck around. So uh, I've had a couple of weeks off while I've uh, from the internet while I've been getting the blog all sorted out. Um, I got a uh, I got a comment from last week's podcast by one of my longtime readers and listeners listeners here so long. He didn't pull any punches. Here's his comment. Just listen to the new podcast. You talk about this migration, but for, for, for Pete's sake, over a week, 10 days to migrate a server, I suspect that you are not being as well served by your new tech guy as you think. Okay, here's some more. Uh, just so you know, it doesn't actually take that long to migrate a server. It does, however, take a long time to migrate a server if WordPress won't give it up. So the 10 days was WordPress. Uh, we did it uh, two weeks ago. It was, uh, I think it was Saturday two weeks ago that we started. Well, we said to WordPress, yeah, we want to take it away. And WordPress basically said, yeah, we'll get back to you on that. Now, WordPress like to make it hard for you to stop giving money to them. That's what WordPress like to do. So it was completely out of our hands. And I thought I mentioned that on the last podcast. I really thought I did. Um, also, my tech guy is extremely busy he's like he's not just like a tech guy dude he's like a a major tech guy dude for major corporations so he was doing me a major solid uh so i didn't really bug him about it i didn't bug him about it at all because i haven't paid for this transfer all i've paid for is the new hosting fees that's it which are cheaper than wordpress by about 40 percent so if i contact my tech guy and say uh i don't think we've moved our followers if it takes my tech guy four days to get back to me and then he instantly does it all in one hit beautifully and smoothly then i'll take that i'll take that um so um pretty happy with the move so far pretty happy with the fact that i can now use plugins and download whatever i want because uh, it's because uh, we're free of wordpress it's, it's weird all these plugins are available for wordpress but if you actually pay money to wordpress uh like a fair bit of money they've got three tiers and i was on the second tier but you can only get access to downloading plugins if you pay them the huge amount of money the business one um so okay we'll just stop giving you money we'll move it off and uh of course the real reason that we've moved i've moved okay what do i say keep saying we uh the real reason that i've moved away from wordpress is because it would come the day that i'd wake up and the blog would be gone um I mean, there's 10,000 comments alone on the blog. Um, posts, I've got 500 pages of posts. Uh, I have a lot of posts. Uh, images, fuck, do you know how many hot chicks are in my media file? Holy crap. Um, so I didn't feel like losing all that. And I saw what happened to Roycey over at Chateau Hartiste. Uh Roycey hasn't got his, a lot of people on way back when, or, you know, the, the archive internet stuff have found most of Royce's stuff, but he doesn't seem inclined to get it going again. 
Um, and I kind of get the, I kind of get that. Like when we had to wait, what is it, a week or 10 days for WordPress to give it up, uh, I couldn't do anything. There was no point in posting anything. I just posted on my blog, uh, uh, oh, we're going to be moving it, site transfer. Uh, uh, you'll all notice on the news site that that post does not exist because it wasn't transferred because we started the transfer process at a certain point. So uh, there was no point in posting anything. So it was a, it was a forced uh, time off with no guilt. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I kind of enjoyed it, to be honest with you guys. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I love doing the blog, uh, and it's made me a much better writer. Uh, having to come up with something every day for three and a half or four years or however long it's been going. Um, and if the quality's not good, getting reamed by you lot, uh, you know, that's uh, that's keeps you on the toes, it's good. But also a, a, a little bit of a break was nice, a little bit of a break where I couldn't feel the guilts at all. It was only two weeks, you fuckers. Jesus, I mean, Rollo Tomasi, I think he posts about once every two weeks anyway now, or once every three weeks. Uh, so, hey, I was just doing Rollo Tomasi style, except I wasn't, you know, taking a thousand words to say something when I could have used ten. Um, all right, uh, there's more, of course, to uh, Hugh Salong's comment. Uh, this was his second part. Also, really boring reading of the article about the guy who has been married twice and appears to be a major loser. You could have made that point in about five minutes. I eventually turned off the podcast and went to something else. Ouch. Uh, and that's from Hisselong, who's listened to every episode of the podcast from day one. It's probably, you know, one of the more, you know, faithful uh, followers of what's going on. And all I want to say to that is this. I don't know why people listen either. I've said that in the past. I've said it in the past. If I was you lot, I wouldn't be listening to this. I don't get it. I don't get it. So look, when I do something that you don't want to listen to, I understand. I understand. I completely understand. I don't do podcasts because I like to read. You know, I can read. Look, if I click on a podcast and it's two hours and there's something in the title that I know I want it, the title grabs me. Let's say the title grabs me. Uh, let's say uh, the title of the podcast is uh, The Search for a Good Hooker episode. Now that's The Search for a Good Hooker. That's a title that draws you in. That's the title that draws you in. You want to you wanna look at it, a, uh, an episode like, a title like that and you go, Dan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to that one. <laughs> oh, yes, I am. I am going to listen to that one. And then you see it's two and a half hours on the podcast. And my initial reaction is, oh, fucking hell. And you try and skip it. Is he talking about it here? Is it jump ahead? Is he talking about it there? Is he... And eventually I just give up. I can't, I, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. If I see podcasts that's 15, 10 to 15 minutes, I'm thinking to myself, that's good. That's a sound bite. I can, I can take that. I can listen to that. I can chew it up. I can get what I want and I can get out. Because in an article, in an article, um, I can get what I want from that in five or ten minutes. I can see exactly what I need, get the bit I need, done. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. There are very few writers on the internet uh, uh, who I can read for pleasure. Very, very few writers on the internet that I can read for pleasure. 
Uh, and when I say read for pleasure, I'm not just reading them for their ideas. I'm not just reading them for their opinions. I'm not just reading them for the information I'm getting them. I'm reading them for the simple joy of reading the way that they construct what they've written. There are very few writers on the internet that I can do that with. Um, I now feel like I need to say who that would be. I quite like the new Dark Brightness guy. He writes well. I quite like him. I quite like this guy, Wilder, Wealthy and Wise. One of my uh, followers hooked me up with this website when I asked for new websites. He writes well. He writes very well. I loved Roycey. Look, Roycey, Roycey, when he had his blog, he writes really well. Roycey writes really well. It's crass and it's deconstructed along social media lines, but gee, it's good. It's really good. Uh, Theodore Dalrymple over at Tacky Magazine. I can read him just for the way he writes. Tacky. Taki, however you want to pronounce it. Taki Magazine. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the big ones. He's one of the big ones where I read him just to see how he's writing. Uh, old Ramus at the Woodpile Report. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely read him just, or not just, but particularly for the way he writes. Um, but for most other people, I'm just trying to get the information out of what's, what's happening there for myself and what I write, because I take my writing very seriously. I try to do it in the same way. I try to do it in the same way. And I think the way to do it is a balance of humor, uh, and seriousness. Um, so let me let me give you an example of something I read this morning from Wilder, Wealthy and Wise. Let me have a look here. Uh, oh, great. Now it's not going to load. Oh, here we go. Okay. I had a Ford Taurus. Yes, that's an admission of guilt. Even worse, it was a pale lime green. I imagine someone in marketing called the colour sea foam. But if the sea has foam that colour... It's probably in a congealed blob off the coast of China and consists of antifreeze, extra kidneys and despair. That's just really nicely written. The end despair is just wonderful. Really, really wonderful. It's also really good that he didn't put a comma after the word and. And that is... A mistake that I'm prone to make as well. Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. If I'm going to be reading you for the sheer joy of your writing, well then it means that you've got to be good at grammar. And 
So many people today aren't. I'm not perfect. I work very hard at my grammar. I think the thing that gives me most problems when I'm writing is the goddamn semicolon. I really have trouble with that. And I'll be reading an old writer from 50 or 60 years ago, maybe Graham Greene or someone like that, and I'll be reading one of their works and these semicolons will start popping up and I'll be going, I'm reading it going, yeah, the semicolon there is really good. And then instantly there's that horrible feeling of, but I wouldn't have done that. <sighs> Damn. This is why writing on the blog every day is good. It makes you a good writer. Rollo Tomasi has fantastic ideas. And in regards to, in regards to the psychology um, of intersexual dynamics, he's unsurpassed anywhere in the world. I mean, Rollo Tomasi is doing stuff on a higher level than any university, uh, which just shows you what of a joke universities are these days. But as a writer, Rollo is just abysmal. He really is not great at all. He is very university style. He's very university style. He cannot grab you with his writing. And in fact, he does take 1,000 words to say something when maybe 50 or 100 would do. That was the big thing that I first got out of writing my first book and working with uh, the second editor that I worked with, a guy called Stephen. He was so brutal on my editing and uh, on his editing on my work, and I thought that I was just fucking brilliant at that point. And looking back, I was just fucking terrible. And God, Stephen had a lot of patience. Really, 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 really good editor. We worked so hard on that first book. I mean, uh, so hard. Uh, yeah, I paid for it. I still not. I have still not. Made, I think I've sold a couple of thousand copies of the first book. I I'm probably even on that as regards to editing fees and everything that went into it. But the editing fees for me weren't just the editing fees for the book. They were an investment in my writing and my future ability to be able to write. I tell you what, sometimes I get uh, a blog post will pop up on my stats that suddenly someone's linked to it on Facebook, maybe something from two or three years ago. And I'm like, oh, and I'll actually open it and start reading it. And if I don't recognize that I wrote it, if I think that this could have been written by someone else, because my memory doesn't go back that far, then that for me is a success. That's a success for me. If I'm reading it going, wow, this is really good. I wonder who wrote this. Ah, oh, that for me, that for me is a success. But as regards to the podcast, well, I did a lot of acting in my youth. I was in like, uh, you know, I was in the West Australian Youth Theatre Company. I did a lot of theatre uh, and I was really good at it. But I didn't pursue it because of the inherent gayness. And when I mean inherent gayness, I'm actually talking about homosexuality. I'm not talking about, oh, it's just gay. I'm talking about, oh, it's really gay. And if you want to get anywhere, guess what? You're going to have to do the gay at the age of 19, 20, I realised that that was on the cards. And I just like chicks too much. And beside that, I've never met a bloke I'd want to sleep with. Ever. Ever. I mean, no. I just It's not there. Uh, and of course, 
even if I was inclined in that way, I'd studiously not do it because A, it's a sin, and B, fags are so fucking... Ah. The Italians use a word, insopportabile. And insopportabile means you can't, you just can't bear being around them. You can't put up with them. There isn't a really... They're unbearable, I suppose. But unbearable is it's not as good as a word as insopportabile. Um, I just... I just The whole homosexual industry now is just... Uh, well, and it's anti-Western civilization that. So even if I happen to be a fag, I wouldn't be a fag now because of what's going on. Fuck that shit. I don't want to belong to any club that would have me as a member of them. Anyway, so I got out of acting, but if you look at the podcast and that sort of thing, I do take some pride in how I present things. So I suppose when, when someone, a fan or follower like here so long, says that I bored him to tears, um, I've read that and I'm kind of like, oh, oh, oh. So I hope so far, on this podcast that I haven't bored you to tears yet because we're about 17 minutes in looking at it and I suppose the most exciting thing that I've said has been the title of the podcast which actually is going to be the search for a good hooker episode I reckon that'll draw them in that'll get people going they'll be right in there now I wrote that title down before I started the podcast because I was thinking to myself, what would be the title of a podcast that I'd click on? And obviously the search for a good hooker episode is right up there. I've been thinking about the subject of women lately. Because uh, the divorce is all done now. And the ex-good wife actually sent me an email uh, a couple of days ago. Because I still need to pick up a few things from a house where... She'll send them by courier because basically she doesn't want me to be in her presence anymore. Which I didn't think that she could stoop lower than what she's already done. But that really is beyond the pale. That's just shameful. Really is. Ten years of marriage and now you can't uh, deign to have me in your presence. I uh, went and I... If she wanted to arrive at a point where I just go, fuck you, I want nothing to do with you anymore, congratulations, you did it. You achieved your game. You achieved your aim. And I was thinking on the subject of women. Um, because, because. Um, I read this over at Spawny Space, a little post by uh, a... a uh, commenter there called Buona Vista. Um, he says, women want three or four things as outlined in the manosphere. Number one, to be desired, which is romance novel speak for that plus serious boom boom, what I like to call the rumpy pumpy, by a man they consider just slightly out of their league. In other words, hypergaming. Second, they want to be envied by the social milieu, the female cohort, community envy, approval in mate selection. Ha ha, bitches, I won and you didn't, basically. Number three, they want to be secure, obviously, money, protected, physically, feel safe, once again, hypergaming. 
And four, they want to be interested. They want to be intrigued, challenged, impressed in what a man does or will do. Once again, hyper game. Um, and he's right. The thing is, that's what women want. That's what women want. They want to be desired. They want to be envied. They want to be secure. They want to be interested and impressed. That's what they want. And I saw that and I thought, yeah, that's what they want. And then I thought to myself, but what do they offer? What are modern Western women offering? That's what they want. That's great. What are they offering? Okay. Uh, uh, sex, well, if you're in the top 20% of men, you'll get that. If you're in the bottom 80% of men, you'll get the sex used against you as a power scheme. So in actual fact, I don't think the majority of women are offering sex. They think they do, or they think they are offering it, but they're not. If they were offering sex, it would be sex whenever I want. The four rules of chicks. Number one, long hair. Number two, stay thin. Number three, sex anytime, and number four, shut up. If they were offering the sex anytime, then, well, they're not. They're not offering the sex anytime. So they're not offering sex. I can't get the sex thing. Companionship? No. Most of them are just not nice to be around. They're just not nice to be around. They don't smile. I was walking down the street yesterday here in Holland and appraising girls as they walk past and appraised me. And so many of them just, not only are they not smiling, they walk down the street scowling, scowling. What what are the first two things that strike me about women? Number one, are they scowling or are they smiling? Are they joyful or are they spiteful? Number two, what's their posture? What's their posture? Women, girls who go to finishing school, the, 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 the teachers, the nuns, whatever you call them, they drive into girls' posture. And I tell you, I tell you, if you see a girl with good posture, it's, she suddenly makes every other girl look plain. The majority of Western women slouch. They manage to slouch while they're walking, which is no mean feat. Although down in Louisiana, I could see the point because they were toppling forward because of their bellies and their legs, the flabby, meaty thighs. Posture is so important. Posture and a smile. Girls... If you're listening to this, and I hope you're not, posture and a smile. That's all you need. That's all you need. Really. Well, you'd need the other four things as well. The long hair, the, you know, blah, 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 blah. I want to attract a man. I watched a video this week or last week recently, of a Japanese bar hostess, the number one bar hostess in Rapongi district in Tokyo. And it's an interview with her, and I was struck 
by her grace. Wonderful posture. Beautiful smile. She is not stunningly beautiful. She would be an 8 out of 10. She'd be an 8 out of 10. But my God, my God, what a woman. And the thing that really struck me was her personal honour and her sense of servitude to men. There's one bit of the there's one bit in the video where she's actually with a customer, and not only do you see how natural she is, she's 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 and I know it's a customer. But you can tell she's number one girl not because she, she, she flogs it hard. She's number one girl because of how natural she is. How natural she is. I'm not gonna put. I'm not gonna put the video up because I actually want to do an article about the video separately. So you'll you'll have to come back for the video again. There you go. I'm leading you through. I am I am gonna put the video up in the next few days but I want to do an article about it because there's so many interesting things out of it on a on a female dynamic but the thing that struck me the most about watching it was the sense of uh, giving nature of servitude and guys come out and, and it's a, it's not it's not a hooker situation she's a hostess so men pay to sit one on one and hang out with her in a bar and then they pay for the drinks. By the way, she earns, I think, like $50,000 a month, US. I think her best month was 80 grand or something like that. That's how much men will pay to have a woman who genuflects to them. And she was talking in the video, she was talking about how other girls will, you know, try and push. Let's have another bottle of this expensive champagne. (laughs) And she doesn't do that. And her customers know it. And so they buy three bottles of the champagne. And the thing that I was thinking of watching it was, even if you go into a bar of hostesses, and she said that there was like 50 hostesses who work in one night, even there you don't know. You want her. You want that one. But to actually get the one you want. And that's why... Even if you're after a hooker, there's hookers and there's hookers. How can you tell a good hooker? Here in Holland, of course, they got them in the windows. In Austria, and by the way, I've never, I've never, I've never officially paid for sex in a in a uh, in a transactional sense. We all pay for sex every time we have sex in some way, but uh, I've never transactionized it. 
Is that a word? Not sure. And I think probably the thing that's one of the things that had it's always been a stumbling block block in that sense is the fact that if I was going to pay for a hooker, you'd want a good one. But how do you find a good one? Maybe my listeners can chime in in the comments and tell us how they find good hookers. I could put it into a search engine, but I'm really afraid of what will come up. Let's try that. Why not? <laughs> Let's live on the edge. All right. How do you find... A good watermelon. <laughs> That's the first one. That's the first one that came up. How do you find a good watermelon? Jesus. Second one is therapist. Third one's doctor, realtor, lawyer, news, sense, news story, God, dentist, cantaloupe, man and pineapple. Let's put in H. Handyman, home inspector, hairstylist, hairdresser, hypnotherapist. Let's put in an O. Home inspector. Let's put in another O. Now we've got nothing. Let's have a go. Uh, It's not uh, how to treat sex workers, vice.com. The thing is, I asked a Dutch escort, a prostitute and two strippers, what you should, how do you should treat sexual workers? The thing is, I do try to, my absolute best to make her feel comfortable. Wow, you know you're a beta when. <laughs> when you're paying a hooker and you want to make her feel comfortable. Look, her old job's supposed to be to make you feel comfortable. See, if, if your automatic think, assumption going into it is that I have to make the hooker feel comfortable, that's not a good hooker, is it? That's not a good hooker. And that's the whole point. Good hooker, are we talking technique in bed? Well, probably a bit. Are we talking beauty? Well, that's definitely into that. But we're talking about that grace and charm and straight back shoulders and smile. That's what you're talking about. Okay. Of course... Uh, if the woman had all that, she probably wouldn't be a hooker. She'd be a courtesan, which is a really expensive hooker. Why don't we put that in? <laughs> how, to find, how to find a good courtesan. How to find a good... See, company name, Christian Church, copywriter, CEO. How to find a good Conan Exile server. Really? That game's still going? Counselor. Course in college. Okay. Have you met your inner courtesan? Oh, God. The School of Womanly Arts. Mama Jenner's. Fucking hell. Carmen Suter. The Modern Quarters. Salon.com. Uh, Rachel Bomb. Choosing your courtesan. Let's find this out. Uh, keep calm. 
Oh God. I don't think it's on there. But this Japanese... Oh, sorry, am I boring you all yet? And if I am, you know, I'll just turn away, turn away. Um, this, uh, this Japanese girl... Um, the other thing that I thought when I'm watching it was that every single man that watched it uh, would fall in love with her. Um, and they'd say, that's the sort of girl I've got to get. I've got to go get a Japanese girl. Now let's let's just take it from a Western man's perspective, and that thinking is incorrect. I've learnt over the years because we all go, oh, you know, you know, Western women are so deranged. True, uh, Western women uh, only want stuff. True, they don't give. Um, I gotta write this down. Right, I got an idea for an article. When you get an idea, uh, when you get an idea for an article, you write it down. Otherwise you forget. Seriously, I forget in two hours and I'll be like, oh, what was that idea? Why didn't it write it down? Fuck. Um, it wouldn't be wise to go and try and, try and you know, wifey up this Japanese girl um, or any Japanese girl if you're not Japanese for the simple fact that the culture thing doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, from my rafting days, uh, a lot of rafting guides, Australian rafting guides uh, and New Zealand rafting guides that I worked with, because we had so many Japanese customers up in Cairns in Australia at the time, uh, and Japanese girls were, I mean, if you wanted to sleep with Japanese girls in Cairns as a rafting guide in the mid-90s, holy crap. I mean, holy crap. It was insane. Um, I myself never did it. I've always been a white girl guy. Right. I've only ever slept with white chicks. That's it. Um, I've never gone outside the whole race thing. It just hasn't, it just never grabbed me. Um, but uh, a lot of guys, a lot of guys did. And a lot of guys, actually, guides actually moved to Japan, um, uh, wifed up, had kids. And let me tell you, um, most of it didn't go very well at all. Most of those guys actually can't see their kids anymore. The, the, the Japanese wives or exes have taken them and just... This, this whole mixing culture thing, it, it just doesn't work most of the time. It just doesn't work. So you can, you can, I can post this video up of this amazing Japanese bar hostess. You will watch her and fall in love with her because of her grace and her charm and her servitude and her dedication to a man. And you'll be saying, that's what I want. And that's what men want. That's really what men want. She will wipe your troubled brow. When you get home from a hard day's toil, uh, you know, um, polishing your lathe, <clears throat> you walk through the door, she smiles, bows, wipes your brow, wipes your feet, presents you with dinner, asks you superficial questions about how your day went so you can unburden your worries and de-stress when you get back. That's what men want and what modern Western women do not provide. Um, but it would be... 
excuse me, it would be a big mistake. It would be a big mistake to watch a video with a girl like that, go to Japan and try and find one and wife up. It just doesn't work, guys. It just doesn't work. I think um, I think the uh, even the Eastern women one. Um, there was a bit of a fad in Aussie guys around my age group back in the late 90s and early 2000s to um, hook up with Polish chicks because they are pretty gorgeous. Um, and the Polish girls also really wanted the Western kind of guy uh, for obvious reasons. And it was a running joke about how ba- badly those relationships finished, particularly if the Aussie guy moved to Poland particularly if the Aussie guy moved to Poland to be with her. Just didn't work. It just didn't work. It's really, really, really weird in that sense. Um, I know what you're thinking, particularly if you're an Aussie or UK. <laughs> if you're if basically from, from an Anglo-Saxon country right now, you listen to this going, no, please no. Please don't tell me that if I'm Australian, my only choice is Australians. And I could say, well, you could go for a Kiwi. (laughs) You can go for a Kiwi and see how that goes for you, because those girls are really hot. But, uh, yeah, nah. Um, It just doesn't work, the interracial stuff, the mixing up. It doesn't work. Oh, I know that you know this couple. Oh, I know that you know this couple and it works really well for them. Yeah, great. Until it doesn't. They were together 25 years and then... Until it doesn't. Until it doesn't work. But nothing's working with chicks these days, is it? And I think it's because chicks don't offer something. Even if they're a hooker, you're supposed to make them feel comfortable. I don't know what to say to that. I don't know what to say to that. You're supposed to make them feel comfortable. That's this is how far this is how far we've fallen. We've fallen so far that not only do the modern women offer nothing to men and have huge expectations in return. We're even supposed to pander to them if they're a sex worker. The whole point about having a sex worker is that they pander to you. But this is this is ubiquitous across all fields. I walked into a shop yesterday. I needed to buy something for my kitchen because the ex-good wife kept most of the stuff. So I went into a shop to buy something and it was if I was making their lives unbearable by my presence. It was if I was expected to make them feel welcome in their own shop. I think that's a bit of a millennial Generation Y thing as well. Generation Y and millennials, is it the same? I think it's basically the same, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's basically the same. They're just fucking wastes of space. So as regards to women... What is your man, Adam, doing? At this point, absolutely nothing. And I've got three weeks off. I've got three weeks off, and I'm going to head over to Italy. I'm going to drive over to Italy, 
Uh, number one, to catch up with some friends. Number two, just to get out of, out of here. Number three, to fill my car up with wine. I'll probably about buy about 60 bottles when I'm over there. And this time, the ex-good wife won't drink all the red wine. So uh, I'll be able to drink it all by myself. No. Um, I, uh, I need to refill the cellar. It's, it's empty. I cracked my last bottle of white last week. Well, this week, actually. Fantastic Italian white. I might do a, a little bit of a, some posts on some fantastic Italian wines. The problem with doing those posts, of course, is that you'll, you'll read it and you go, I want to get that wine, and then you can't because you've got to be in Italy to pick them up. Well, we'll see. We'll see. What I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll get all my wines and then... And by the way, when I say wines, I'm talking like if I have to spend over 10 euros a bottle... I'm not interested. If I can keep it around six to eight, fantastic. If I can pick it up even cheaper for that, brilliant. But it's still got to be really good. It's still got to be really good. There is no challenge in paying 100 euros for a bottle of wine and getting a good bottle of wine. There is absolutely no challenge in that at all. No challenge at all. There's no challenge in getting a good bottle of wine for 50 euros. But getting a good bottle of wine for 5 euros at the same level, that's a challenge. That's a challenge. And that's the sort of challenge I like. And the 10 years that I spent in Italy working with lots of wineries, doing all their translations for them, meant I have the contacts. So I like to go over there and stock up. And that's what I'm going to do. I'll check out the Italian birds while I'm over there. But Italian birds, look, I lived 10 years in Italy and I only ever slept with one Italian chick. That should tell you everything you need to know about Italian birds. I just don't get them. I just don't get Italian chicks. It's like they want to be your mother. They want to be your mother. They, uh, I think the Spanish and Italian birds are unparalleled and unsurpassed in shit testing. It's just like on a completely different level. A completely different level. I don't get it. Why do Italian men sleep around so much? Why wouldn't they? When you have to put up with that all the time. So, no, I'm not heading over to uh, Italy to hook up. I'm heading over to get away from all that shit. Um, but yeah, I think I'll sum it up. A search for a good hooker these days. These days, you'd have to get a Japanese girlie, like the Japanese girlie I saw on that video. Even though she wasn't a hooker, but she did say that if she really liked the client, she'd have sex with him. I don't know if she was saying that for the camera, so that guys would then go in trying to be the one. That's really sort of back end smart. It could be the go, but gee, she came across as very genuine. Um, but of course, she could also be a brilliant actress as well. And, you know, hookers and actresses, we know the difference between those two as very, very slight indeed. Um, but yeah, if we go back to Buena Vista's four things as outlined in the manosphere that women want to be desired, to be envied, to be secure, and to be interested. That's what they want. 
But what do they offer? What do they offer? I can't think of it. Let me know, good listeners. Let me know. Let me know. I mean, shit. Shit. I can cook really well. I have never met a woman who can cook better than me. That's a problem, by the way. It's a real trap to fall into as a man. Companionship? Well, I've got you guys, don't I? I get to talk to you every week. Sex? It's all preconditioned. It's all... It's all, it's all framed in power. It's all framed in, in, in preconditions. It's all framed in preconditions. I don't know, what, what, what are we getting from it? Something pretty to look at. I get that. I get that. But they're all scowling and walking with slouched shoulders all the time. Hey, and even if you go for a hooker, can you find a good one? Doubt it. I doubt it very much. I suppose that's why Japanese anime is so big. Must be. Japanese anime tentacle porn. <laughs> Never looked that up myself. All right, so shout-outs. Captain Capitalism, Adam, Aaron Clary. Uh, who, by the way, put up an article this week. Hang on. Let me get back to it. Which I have to respond to now. Called the Pigot Effect. Which is basically... Um, apparently, one of the two reasons that men live is to bust each other's balls. So there's that really cool little cartoon that I've seen before that he he put at the top. You got the guy saying goodbye to two of his mates, saying "See you, dude," and one mate says "Buy your dickhead piece of shit," and the other one there says hi, "Say hi to your mum for me." And the guy's gone, and then the two guys who just said that, oh, "Man, I love that guy, man. He's awesome. Yeah, such an amazing friend. Really smart and talented." And that's how it works with guys. And then you got the girl one, same thing. One girl saying "Bye, girls. See you tomorrow." And then there's, bye, sweetie, love you so much. Bye, honey, XOXO. And when she's gone, I can't stand that bitch. She's always jealous of me. I thought she'd never leave. <laughs> and it's so true. Anyone, but anyway, basically, Clary goes on about while he hung out with me and the great one in Louisiana. Uh, apparently, it was a mere ball-busting fest between the three of us. Um... And the ball busting for me was pointing out my uncanny ability to drive just like a postmenopausal American woman in a minivan in the left lane. And then he goes on about, well, I, all right, all right. A couple of things. They didn't bust my balls while I was there. They busted my balls afterwards, um, as Clary does in the whole post. Uh, B, um, we had a bit of trouble down there with other employees of the company I work for, because um, apparently down that part of Louisiana, they are really big. They are really, 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 really big at the fines. And then you have problems with a rental car company, 
And basically, we all just said, look, just do the speed limit <clears throat> while you're in the rental car. Just do the speed limit. Take it easy. There's no need to rush. Whatever. We just can't really afford to have any problems in this regard um, because of the crazy laws they got down there in Louisiana. And it was the locals who told us about that as well. The locals who told us. Uh, and one of the main guys that I was working down with down there, who was a local, he basically spelt it all out for me, how they can stop, search and seize, all this stuff, um, some of the problems that people have had, and it was just like, right, okay, no worries, let's just stay on the speed limit. Of course, when I'm in Holland, I don't uh, do the speed limit. Cappy, uh, a bit of a uh, physical challenge for you. Please fly, fly over to the Netherlands and I'll pick you up uh, at the airport and then we'll go for a drive here in the Netherlands where I know how it works. Please, any time you want, come over to the Netherlands and I'll take you for a drive. And we'll see how the ball busting goes there. This is a man, of course, who accuses me of driving like a grandmother while he smells like one, Mr. Irish Spring Soap. Anyway, check out uh, Cappy's site, all his books and podcasts, Arsehole Consultancy and all the rest of it, and of course articles where he gives me shit. Um, that's it from me. Follow the podcast, follow the blog, buy my books, Tell me how much you hate my podcast in the comments uh, and the world will be as it should be. Um, I will endeavour to do a podcast while I'm away in Italy. I'll take the stuff with me uh, and hopefully I've got some decent internet over there that I can upload everything. So hopefully this will be out next week as well. Until that time, don't you go changing. And uh, good luck with the girls. And I'll see you next week. Ciao.